Hey, Babs. Hey. Welcome to Hags. Welcome. Today we're feeling very confident. Can't you tell we're talking like this now? That's a confident tone of voice. <laughs> Thanks for supporting me in my choice to talk like this, Riley. Any time. <laughs> Today we talk hashtag times up. The Dog Cafe, Ugh. Entitlement Handouts, mm. Nicole's Fear of Santa, so scary. and What Makes Us Feel Confident. Mm. But first, Nicole is going to take it away with a boss-ass bitch of the week. Today's boss-ass bitch is Anne Bradford Stokes, and it's brought to you by BlackPass.org. Anne Bradford, an early African-American Navy nurse, was born a slave in Rutherford County, Tennessee in 1830. Few details of her early life are known. She was not able to read or write and was taken aboard a Union ship as, quote, contraband, an escaped slave, in January 1863. The Emancipation Proclamation had just been issued freeing slaves in the states that had left the Union, including Tennessee. In January 1863, she volunteered to serve as a nurse on the Union hospital ship, the USS Red Rover. At that time, the United States Navy enlisted several young African-American women into the Navy. They were given the rank of first-class boy and paid accordingly, but they were employed as nurses on the Red Rover. She stayed on active duty until October 1864 when she became totally exhausted and resigned her position. Shortly after leaving the Navy, Bradford married Gilbert Stokes, an African-American man who had also been employed on the Red Rover. They moved to Illinois, where Gilbert Stokes died in 1866. She remarried a man named George Bowman in 1867 and lived on a farm in Illinois. In the 1880s, she applied unsuccessfully for a pension based on her marriages to Stokes and Bowman. Her pension application was made more complicated because of her inability to read or write. As her health grew worse, Stokes reapplied for pension in 1890. She stated that she had piles and heart disease. By this time, she had learned to read and write and put forth her own arguments, emphasizing that she was basing her claim on her own military service, not a former husband. This approach was unique, and she was persistent. The pension office asked the Navy to review her case, and the Navy certified that she actually served 18 months as a boy in the United States Navy on the Red Rover, and that she had pensionable disability. In 1890, she was granted a pension of $12 a month, which was the amount usually awarded to nurses at that time. Stokes continued to live in Belknap, Illinois, with her husband, one child, and two stepchildren until her death in 1903. She was one of the first women ever enlisted as an active duty personnel in the United States Navy. In addition, although some 15 African-American women were enlisted in the Navy at that time, she is the only one who was known to have applied for a pension. And most remarkable, she received that pension based on her own military service. Clearly, Anne Bradford Stokes was a boss-ass bitch. Oh, hey! Let's Whee! do it. Done. You know what we haven't done in a while? Pooped. Um. I mean, I have. It's not been that long. Me neither. Well, that's good. I'm glad we cleared <laughs> that up. I was gonna say, um, introduce ourselves. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we've started. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're rolling. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I'm Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Riley Rose <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Hags. Oh, Happy New Year, everybody. Oh, Happy New Year. It's 2018. 2018 is off to a good start. I'd say so. The Time's Up stuff has made me very happy. Yes, that's true. And uh, Golden Globes blackout. Oh, yeah. Golden Globes are actually tonight. We are recording on a Sunday. 
um, and and fuck that, fuck everything. Yeah, man. And and power to the women wearing black tonight. Yeah, and, man. And men wearing black tonight. Yeah. In solidarity. In solidarity. Uh, yeah, it makes me really happy because I think we've talked throughout the course of what's happened over the last few months. We, we've talked about like whether or not this is just kind of a momentary thing, mm-hmm. if this is going to last, if it's things are just going to go back to the way they were before. But I keep getting more and more faith that we are that we're like on a new trajectory and things yeah. like obviously there's a lot of work to be done, but it really doesn't feel like there's the the like shitty backlash that I thought and expected there might be with people being like, oh, I mean, that's I guess that's not totally true. I have heard stories about companies who are like, oh, well, we guess we just can't hire women anymore. And like that bullshit that but, is enraging and so fucking stupid, so fucking stupid and so fucking illegal. And I feel like there's just no way that you can try and make that point and be supported by anybody other than your like fellow shitty people yeah and, and it if just anything, can't last you can't hire men anymore thank you preach preach <laughs> preach, <laughs> preach, like, what preach. A backwards logic right? that would be. yeah or that i there was some there was some i think it was probably an npr like some women talking about how like they had been in meetings and they were talking about like hiring new people and they were like oh well she's like too attractive or like she you know what i mean like and i guess that's the only that's like the only thing that we could have expected was that like yes if there's going to be any backlash that's what it is and also that's i don't know it just i can't imagine anybody hearing that and being like oh yeah that's a great idea you know like there's just that's so obviously shitty i don't know why men are okay with perpetuating those ideas some men of course because it just makes them seem like stupid fucking idiots that can't control themselves it really does like what are you saying about yourself men right Mm -hmm. (laughs) yep it's a bummer like not only are you stupid fucking idiot that you're like like dangerous yeah yeah and horrible not to be trusted and rotten on the inside Mm -hmm. and like the only thing keeping you from just ruining lives is just like a th- the people who are in your close proximity hopefully yep. they're all old and ugly otherwise and all bets are off i might just turn into a giant garbage human yeah like what mm-hmm. how do you not see what you're saying about yourself it's like so unaware yeah so fucking dumb and i'm sure that those are just like the scared men who are like yeah. convinced that and that i feel like that's always just evidence of like you're a shitty person and you have either done shitty things and you're worthy mm-hmm. you're going to get caught or you have like you're just like continuously having shitty thoughts and now you're afraid like people are going to find you out. Yeah, I wonder like the guy the guy who attacked me. I wonder if he's scared. I hope so. And he has to be, especially since you guys never spoke after. Yes. So he knows. Yes. I mean, it's that's not a normal thing to do. Yeah. In in a situation in like a business relationship. Yeah. It's very rare for you to guys to be like planning something, deciding to produce something together, and then just both parties decide to never speak to each other again ever. Right. Obviously, something happened. Yeah. So he's got to be scared. If he wasn't scared, then he would be very confused and probably reaching out to you. That's true. To be like, why haven't we spoken? You know, but he didn't do that because he knows and he's scared. He knows. He saw me uh, run down the block. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Uh, And you're probably not the only person he's done it to. Exactly. Clearly not. Yeah. clearly not i mean every conversation we've reflected on this before on the show but every single time he talked about a woman in hindsight i was like oh because he did oh okay okay because oh, oh, he's the worst oh, oh yeah so he's dead now um we set him on fire <laughs> <laughs> just kidding or are we, we? haven't done that yet yes <laughs> <laughs> no but the times up stuff made me super pumped yeah uh, if you guys aren't familiar you can go to i think it's timesupnow.com mm-hmm. Um, and it's a 
a bunch of women from many different industries coming together in solidarity to offer legal support, financial support, resources, mm-hmm. etc., for women in all industries. Um, and I think it was sparked uh, that when when all this was coming out in the entertainment industry, they said that there are a bunch of women from the agricultural industry, I mm-hmm. believe, like wrote this really profoundly moving letter of support uh, to the women in Hollywood at that time. And so it started bringing together because obviously this is an issue that affects every single industry, yeah. every industry it yes. affects literally I mean, everyone. Did you read the stuff that uh, Time's Up posted about hotel workers? Well, yeah. Well, now they've got this panic button thing that's <sighs> going into which I think is a great idea. Yeah. Um, but also like the fact that like that all of this is like the fact that this needs to happen is horrible. But yes. like I'm glad that these things are happening. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely. I just can't, I've never considered it. And reading about it was so scary. So for those of you who haven't heard anything about this, it's that, you know, these these men and women are going into people's, essentially their temporary bedrooms to go clean, right? Or deliver food or, you know, whatever. And the rate of assault of those people is astronomical. And there is no recourse for them. Right. And it's completely insane. So... I can't believe it's taken this long to get a panic button. I can't believe, like you said, we have to have panic buttons for things like that. So it's like a physical, literal panic button? It's something that they, that's, that's on, on, them, their person. on their person that they cool. can push and it will summon. I don't know it, how all of the technical aspects of it work, but the story I heard said that um, they could summon anybody in the hotel, whether it was security to assist them immediately or just another hotel worker, like if they're outside the door or down the hall that can just come in, open the door and like to disrupt if there's like something going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, it's now it, it's it's city laws, I believe, that are being passed. Seattle passed it. I think Los Angeles is passing it currently. New York has had, had it for a while, I think. Um so yeah, it's been going on. I mean, this has obviously been like a problem that has people have been aware of for longer than just mm-hmm. the current sort of like wave of this movement. Yeah. But hopefully this movement is also helping to like expedite those changes and implement them in places that they didn't already have them. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's very cool. It makes That's me feel cool. more confident about mm. our society mm. as a whole. Yes, I think 2008 will be very confident uh yeah for hopefully i mean i guess i don't know what kind of shit is coming down the pipeline from fucking trump and like the nightmare people i mean watching the recaps of 2017 i was like holy shit what a very long and very short year crazy i mean he is a very stable genius we have to remember that <laughs> just remember how big his button is on his desk he's and got that a huge works. button and he's a stable genius when we heard the stable genius thing i was in the car with kyle and i literally stopped driving and put my hands on my face because <laughs> you had to pull over I, anybody especially a crazy giant like nightmare toddler (laughs) referring to themselves as a stable genius if you even if stephen fucking hawking referred to himself as a stable genius i'd be like "Ooh, what what's going on with stephen hawking (laughs) is he okay like something's off because that in and of itself is proof that you are neither you are neither stable (laughs) No genius. Yes, I did. Oh, I'm sorry. And Alex and like, hates when I do this. How do you not see that? How do you not? How do you not see yourself tweeting that Trump? How do you? <laughs> he is the least self-aware person on the entire planet. And I could honestly see him tweeting, "I am the most self-aware person on the entire planet." Yes. Well, no and one I loves women more than him. He's he's 
a stable genius. He has the best words. He's got the biggest button. I think I have the best words is still one of my favorite I have things. The best words. Our friend, our mutual friend Jimmy Wong actually posted something on Twitter today. Um, that was uh, it was like hashtag stable genius, and it was a picture of Trump. And it's like all these other world leaders doing one of those team building exercises mm-hmm. where you cross hands and you hold each other's hands mm-hmm. and they're all doing it. And Trump's in the middle and he just has one person's hand and then his other hand and he like doesn't know what to do with it. And he's like looking around oh, and it's very satisfying. My God. <laughs> he doesn't know how to cross his he fucking arms. He's just holding one and he's like looking like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> how do I get my <laughs> hand over on this side? Ah. I've got two hands. Okay, let's He's just wait. holding two coffee cups with a confused <laughs> look on his face. He's just giving two thumbs up to the camera and smiling like a oh, fucking idiot. God. Uh, so yeah, that part of our world right now not making me feel the most confident. But where we where we are moving to potentially yes. is inspiring a level of confidence uh, that uh, has not been reached before in this specific area. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think that it's. Hopefully, I mean, I feel that it's giving me like individual, more individual confidence as a woman that if I run into a situation like that, I'm, I feel like I have like an arsenal of weapons at my disposal now. Yeah. Whereas I think before it was like, yeah, this is why you so often hear of women freezing mm-hmm. and not being able to do anything. They're like, why didn't she leave the room? Why didn't she blah, blah, blah. Like you hear so many stories of women being like, I, because if you don't have any tools at your disposal, like and you don't expect that situation to happen Mm -hmm. that i can totally understand that moment of just being like holy fucking shit i do not know what to do i cannot move everything is awful but have you watched one mississippi no i haven't although i love her should i spoil it there's a scene in the second I mean, you're season? not just spoiling it for me, but it's up to you. If you haven't watched one Mississippi, <laughs> turn this off for like 30, like a minute, maybe. I don't know. And test it out. Every now and then I'll go, ah, and you'll know I'm still talking about it. Okay? Good deal. All right. So do you guys mind if I talk about it? Go for <laughs> it. Because I just did this really big lead up and I feel like if I don't talk about it. I'm like, actually, I would prefer if you just made that noise to throw people off for right. a while. Um, so um, there's a scene where... Uh, the potential love interest she actually happens to be Tig Notaro's real life wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, she plays this character Kate, and she is in an office, and a Louis C.K. style situation happens, and she's having a meeting with the head of the radio station, and he's talking to her, and he's very clearly masturbating, <laughs> um, <laughs> like very like you don't see his penis, but you see movement of his arm, and his face is all like uncomfortable, and she is trying to carry on with the meeting and she keeps faltering and it i think is the best acted scene in the entire show because her uh, discomfort is palatable but she's still like trying to um, move forward the numbers um and she just keeps like furrowing her brow and like looking at his hand and then looking at him but he's just looking at her the whole time and it's like so nightmare oh my god it's like i'm getting red just it's too much and <laughs> and uh, if you've ever been in a situation like that, or if you haven't ever been in a situation like that, and you want to know why people freeze, that is why. Because you're so, it's so unbelievable that something like that is happening to you and in front of you, that you're like, no, no, I'm dismissing this. This is not, wait. Because you know better. Because right. you know better. And it's it's a really good scene. I highly suggest. Watch the show. Anyway, it's on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> that's the end that was the end that was it. Uh, <laughs> that's the uh, end of spoiler sound oh that's fantastic yeah that's fantastic it's really good 
But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? But hopefully now, I mean, I'm not saying that women aren't still going to freeze if some guy starts, and maybe now more than before, because you'd be like, still? Right. <laughs> Why? Know? Come on. Even after all the what? <laughs> time is up. We said time's up. But then hopefully at least like some things would kick in or afterwards you would feel like, okay, I've got a couple different things I can do or resources I can explore yeah. and, you know, whatever. Yeah. So that, hopefully that is the idea. Yes. Moving forward. But yes, personally, it makes me feel more confident that if anything were to happen around me, I would be like, okay, I've yeah. got some tools. Yes. Um, You're not just yeah. grasping at nothing. You can at least say, this is wrong. Yes. Stop Put your it. Dick back in your pants. Yes. Stop it. And calling time's up. <laughs> so I feel like sometimes that might be enough for certain gents. Other gents. Yeah. Won't fucking matter. True. 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 But hopefully, hopefully the ones that are like in power and able to abuse their power either will do it once and be gone forever. Yeah. Or won't do it. And even the like the garbage men that are not garbage men, garbage men are great, but like the garbage humans that are also men, yeah, um, out there will even if like it's not going to change the fact that they're garbage, mm-hmm. but it might change the fact that they actually do something about the garbage that's festering inside of them. Right, that they take that garbage out. Boom! Nice on someone else. <laughs> Time's up. Take the garbage out. <laughs> yes. Yes, please. I mean, don't take it out on people. Take it out to the curb to the and curb. put it in a can and put it a very nice garbage man sort will come it and take it appropriately away or garbage lady. recycle and get it where it needs to go a garbage person but not By like the way, a person our recycling hasn't been taken out in two weeks oh my god wait <laughs> and my kitchen again is full, is of, full of like eight bags of recycling <laughs> and i live in garbage you guys i'm living in garbage okay kyle is so upset really kyle is not a fan of germs as you may or may not know from listening to this podcast and it's recycling so it's not like trash because like we'll rinse it and like you know but still the idea that it's sitting in our kitchen it's festering right and it's been there for two weeks and we can't put it in our recycling can because recycling cans overflowing and we don't want to throw it away because we're nice people. What's the deal with the? What's the deal with I recycling? Don't know. There's like there's been a change in LA and sanitation programs. I also know this because my job has been going through the same thing. So I had, maybe has something to do with that. Oh, but sweet Lord in heaven. Anyway, I was just thinking about garbage. If we were <laughs> responsible for taking the recycling things out to the curb, ours might also always be overflowing because I don't fucking know what day they come oh. to get anything. Does, is there like one person in your building that like takes it out the curb? Yeah, our apartment manager. Oh, that seems like a good her. job for that person. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is that even true? I, I've seen the, the garbage people. The guys come people. back and get the yeah. dumpster. Because I think we might have to start oh. doing that. And I don't want to do it, but I will do it. <laughs> right. Because you're and not a garbage that, person. That's uh, <laughs> nice. Thanks. Apparently I am, though, because I'm going to be the one who oh, does yeah. it. <laughs> I feel like that is like that sentence you just said is a sentence that I've mostly heard women say i don't want to do it but i will do it yeah truth about myriad things well that's that emotional labor thing we've talked about too before which is like i know this is shitty and i'm going to do it because i don't want it to either not get done or like get done shittily and then we think about it and like fester on it and so i'm just gonna do it even though i don't want to do it whereas men are just like i don't want to do that period and i'm so tired like i hope i think that maybe we should just write a feature romantic comedy where all of those things are just spelled out instead of her going like i want you to want to do the dishes be I like you don't idea. understand that when you uh your incompetence is a way of you being anti-feminist when you pretend that you can't effectively do housework you're putting it on me and that's not fair truth 
And then the man just goes, okay, and the movie's over in 10 minutes. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> or like she meets she meets the dream man who's like already washing the dishes and he's like, I'm doing this because I realize that most men don't understand that, you know, that just because they don't want to do it or they think they can't do it well is actually anti-feminist. And she just walks over and grabs his face and kisses him yeah. and he's like, I did not consent, though I did enjoy. And then it's in the movie's over in yeah, 10 minutes. Over. <laughs> Whoa, what a twist. We're going to make a, a series twist. of shorts. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, we should probably actually do that. Trademark. Hey. Trademark, trademark. Also, sp- post-spoiler? pre-spoiler i'm <laughs> <laughs> so glad that's the noise that came out of my body oh. oh so i was thinking about confidence Were and you? like what makes people confident because mm-hmm. i i feel like several times in my life for sure somebody has been like oh you're very confident and yeah. i've been like no i'm not i'm mm-hmm. dying inside yes um, ditto and so i wonder if confidence is a thing like is it more of a behavioral thing is it more of a feeling thing and i'm sure that it's different for men and women of course yes but i wanted to discuss said topics i mean there's a way i've heard many people say that oh he holds himself with confidence or mm-hmm. she holds herself with confidence um i think it's uh it can be just a way that you are in the world because mm-hmm. that's how i feel when people like oh you're very confident and i just say like oh i i have okay posture and i'm very aggressive with eye contact (laughs) um and that's how i feel that i come across i don't end all my sentences like they're a question right yes and i don't talk like this (laughs) even though it's a funny way to talk you shouldn't talk like no that. i shouldn't no. don't you like it i don't what about if i talk like that i like that better because <laughs> i sound like a withered old girl because now i can imagine you're some creature <laughs> that's our new podcasting voices so yeah, i so hope you, you enjoy can subscribe them. right now <laughs> please subscribe and tell your friends tell them to subscribe but uh, I think it's I can be all of the above. I have mm-hmm. also been told that, um, and I'm sure you've been told this too, that you speak confidently, mm-hmm. and that might be an enunciation thing. It sure. might be the lower tones of our voices. Yeah, I think that definitely is, and I think probably I I speak in lower tones because it's gotten me because I'm taken more seriously when I speak in lower tones, and so yes. I'm like, oh, well, then fuck my entire upper register. Great, great, fine, <laughs> it's dead to me. Yeah, yeah, I don't need it. Because and there's also that like fake it till you make it thing that like you hear, which I yeah. I often am like, oh, maybe I should do that. <laughs> <laughs> just be like, I am very important. Yes. And just like pretend because I think that works. Yeah. Well, I think it's there's also that level that Alex, we talk about you and I talk about this all the time of like that you don't give a fuck mm-hmm. that like you don't don't sweat the small stuff yes. like attitude, even though confident people still care. If a glass gets broken, they're not going to be like, that is my great grandmother's glass. Right. They're like, oh, they're well, like, that's oh, broken well, now. Is it fixable? No. Okay. Let's we'll sweep it up. Move on. Great. Yeah. So it's many different traits rolled into one partial person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one perfect human. One perfectly beautiful. I mean, my imposter syndrome really stops me from feeling as confident as I come across. Mm hmm. So, yeah, I feel like they are like in direct opposition. Yes. Being like, oh, this is cool. I feel really good about this. And then as soon as you get in the room with the other people, you're like, oh, my God, they all know something I don't know. Yeah. They're going to figure out that I just I invented this in my brain and it's it couldn't possibly be right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I always feel fine when I'm talking to somebody most of the time. And then like today at lunch, 
Alex Riley and I went to lunch. Um, I got up to go pee, and I was having such a fine time. And when I was coming back from the bathroom, I was like, "Oh, they're probably having such a better time without me." That thought, like, oh just went through my head. No, it went through my head. I'm just being totally honest. And then I was oh, like, man. "Nicole, that's completely insane." They can have like they're having a fine time, but we're also having a fine time. No time is better or worse. That's stupid. What are you doing? Um, but then I approached the table like, "Hi." I just can't. I'm trying to imagine what that would look like. Like you go to the bathroom and Alex being like, finally. Oh. <laughs> All right. Now we can have the real uh, fun time we've been waiting to have. That's what Nicole's brain thinks is happening. Cool. Well, we gotta cram it. We only got about three minutes. <laughs> She's just gonna really be efficient back. peer. Yeah. And then shit's gonna get stupid again. <laughs> oh. oh um, just know that that is fundamentally not true. I mean, I know yeah. I know that it's not. That's right, but you still get it. that feeling. It's it's so absurd and i'm always like oh yeah here i come back to ruin the vibe (laughs) what the fuck is my what is (laughs) i'm gonna say our deal because i know some of y'all listeners got this going on too oh show yeah thanks guys for your support (laughs) but it's uh, it's not great i i don't i don't know if confidence is a thing you can feel all the time I don't think that that's possible. I don't think that there are people who just have like achieved life to a particular degree and they're like, ah, and now I'm confident about everything. So I actually think that that's delusional and dangerous Trump. Oh, yeah, that's true. So there is because I I remember at one point I was talking to my mom about how we both have like high levels of anxiety and sort of Mm -hmm. like how we manage that. And and she was like, well, I I think sometimes your anxiety or like your self-criticism or whatever, that's actually what what like keeps you in check. Yeah, that's how you learn social cues. That's how you're mm-hmm. able to interact with different types of people. That's how, why you don't just like say all the things that come into your head immediately. <laughs> yes, because like there is a degree where like that's a good thing that you have somebody on your shoulder being like, oh, okay, like maybe maybe we're not going to make like jokes right now because we're not really sure about like how this person's feeling. Right, and it's not that you're not confident in your like ability to either make jokes or be a good friend. Right, it's just that like you're picking up on something that's telling you to like take a second and like analyze instead of just like boldly doing whatever. Yeah. Yes, so that that's not necessarily bad. Yeah, unless I think when it starts to hinder you in ways where you do feel confident or you could feel confident, but something comes in and like derails that. See, I find that my confidence is directly related to other people's confidence that I'm interacting with. Interesting. That if I'm talking to somebody else who's who's sort of comfortable and, and confident in the moment, I'm much more relaxed and much more at ease and am not second guessing everything I'm saying. But if I'm if I'm feeling picking up on some like energy from a person who's like on edge or also kind of nervous about whatever it is, and they're like, I don't know this person either. My guard is up, and I'm overthinking everything I'm saying, and so it it helps a lot to pick up on other people's like comfort and ease mm-hmm. for my confidence to be. Solidified. I like that because it also sort of means that you are confident in your essential self. So you can't be super confident unless it's a relaxed-ish situation. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be relaxed. I just mean that I'm just very much considering how the other person is. Mm -hmm. And that's what cues me on how to react or interact with that person. Sort of like what you were just saying, Riley. Mm -hmm. And so 
if I'm sensing that someone is kind of like uncomfortable or something like that, you're not just going to blindly I'm, be like, oh, well, I'm confident and you're whatever. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. And also, it, but it also kind of throws me off because I'm then not sure how to interact. So then my confidence kind of goes down. Mm-hmm. And oh, because you, you feel like, oh, this is awkward. This is awkward. Right. This is awkward. I'm like, well, I'm not quite sure what to say. I don't want to like, yeah, like, like what's, there's like another thing going on. Yeah. Like, what's that all about? And, what yeah. it is. and then I get in my head about it and I'm overthinking stuff. And it's, and I wish that I, my confidence was a little less dependent on that, that I could just, sense somebody else's unease or discomfort and say it's okay like i'm confident enough to make them more comfortable or right. like help this situation out a little bit better with you know some tools i have in yeah. my brain yeah i think i sometimes go into i think my natural instinct is to go into that mode that like if somebody else is uncomfortable I'm, uh, like uncomfortable or unsure i'm like oh well i'm gonna be super chill mm. but mm. that oftentimes like if I'm then not actually feeling super chill, then yeah. I get that like dis the, the like discord of yeah. like oh I'm acting chill but I'm not feeling chill and I'm totally. lying and I'm an imposter exactly <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean yeah I right and it just there like with you. immediately comes back and I'm like oh god be chill no you're not but you better be extra chill now because you're not really feeling chill yeah and, like this person's freaking out so you can't freak out so everybody's gonna be fine and I actually didn't remember anything that I just said because right. I'm so focused on being chill and being cool <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and I just automatically start to mom people when they get uncomfortable. I'm like, what's wrong? Do you need a sweater? Are you hungry? <laughs> should I get? Should we get soda water? Does your mm-hmm. tummy hurt? Here are some crackers. That's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, is it? I, I mean, I think <laughs> I think there's a place for all of these things. Yeah, okay, they're not, maybe fair, not universally fair. applicable, but yeah. yes. I'm sure that I often come across people who like need to be mommed, and I'm like, well, we're just going to move forward because I'm very confident about this, and I'm going to ignore the fact that you need some stuff right now because it's making me uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, I've had to sort of tone that down because I just end up being people's fucking mom oh yeah which is uh, and i'm not that good at it so like so you're like i can do the crackers that's it now you have to <laughs> change your own goddamn diaper yeah <laughs> and fix your own goddamn life problems Please, for the love of god Ugh. i definitely run into that where i where people who are like having a little bit of a hard time whatever i'm like pretty good at like picking them up and like helping them but then i really do expect them to like take that yeah on themselves and move forward it's, instead of like falling apart every single time and being like, help me. It's like that. Uh, have you seen the internet video of the golden retriever walking himself really happily? God, I in love the snow? that so much. Yes. Yeah. Uh, from across the street yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he's holding his own. He's leashed and he's holding his own leash and in he looks his mouth. So proud. And he's just like, boop, boop, boop. He's bopping like, down the street. Going. My dog actually, when I'm a, a lab retriever, uh, would get really excited to take a walk and we'd like put her leash on and then we like give her the leash and she would hold it. And she would be like, because so, they're like, so not, the, not the smartest dogs, but like <laughs> so loyal and yeah. so so happy and so just like sweet. just want to please you and also just want to go on a walk so they're like we're doing it i believe we're outside and it's happening <laughs> this is such a sidebar as well but have you seen the video of the giant like floppy great dane and something else uh dog who is being walked by a toddler and the toddler drops the leash and the dog just stands and there. like plays with the puddle and the dog just waits yeah yes. and she's like and the parent is like go go get go get him go get him and then as soon as the kid picks the leash up the dog's like okay yeah boop, boop. Dogs are so That's good, a good you guys. Dog. Yeah, it's a good pub. Also, yeah. if you live in Los Angeles, I recently went to the Dog Cafe, Ugh. and I cannot recommend it more strongly. And also, I'm going to find a way to tie this into our, our current topic, because I do feel like there is something to be said for your overall mental health mm-hmm. and your ability to be confident. Oh, absolutely. Because if you... I often find myself in a brain space where like everything is a crisis... And like, and they're not individually crisis, but because there's so many of them, I'm mm-hmm. just constantly in a state of like, <laughs> and like, I can't. And then if, 
if something comes up that I am confident about, I'm like not even confident in the fact that I'm confident about it anymore because I'm like mm-hmm. so wired out. But like having something that like just takes you down a notch is so effing important. So Dog Cafe, um, it's in <laughs> Silver Lake. You pay $15. There's an actual cafe where they serve like I got like a chai latte mm. and you that's included with your $15. You get a beverage um, and then you have an hour and you get to go in this room with all of these puppies and dogs that are up for adoption. I cannot have dogs in my building, which was hard for me because I fell in love with a dog and I want to take her home and I still want to take her home. Is and I think about her every black day. Dog? No, it's the it's, she's a. Um, uh, a bull terrier pit bull mix named Delilah and she, there was a couch there and she d- needed to stay on the couch the whole time and they said that if they pick her up and put her on the floor she just freezes but if she's on the couch all she wants to do is cuddle with you all day long um, and I love her very much but you just get to hang out with all the dogs and they introduce the dogs and they tell you like a little bit about them and like what they like and what they don't like and so if you're looking to adopt a dog it's a really nice way to like get to know them instead of just walking down a row of like cages in, in the shelter their safe space which you can is see their personality. sad but yeah you can see their personality you can like hang out with them for a while you can come back a couple times and like see how it goes you don't have to like just like look at a cage and be like uh that one because right. like the adoption process is, has never been like the best yeah. in my opinion um but but then if you don't if you just want to just hang out with the dogs then like the dogs get to be socialized and meet people and get pets and play, play with toys and all the money goes to the shelter it's a beautiful place go there <laughs> I want to yeah. give pets to pups that I don't have to take home. That's <laughs> a pretty yeah, great. See, the beauty of that place too is because the way you were describing the way you are where you're much, you're more wired and stuff. You need the pups to like bring you down and just kind of calm you down. Mm-hmm. I think that also works too with people who are the opposite where they're, they can get depressed and down yeah. and a pup can bring you up yeah. to a, a yeah. healthier place. Or sometimes you just need a like cathartic emotion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like seeing the joy of a dog just like being a dumb idiot running around yeah. the room yeah. and you just like smile and you like feel that little prick behind your eyes and you're like what yeah <laughs> am i crying about a happy dog <laughs> clearly you needed to well, i yeah. guarantee well, you we could interview the people who work there and i bet on a weekly basis someone comes in and just starts weeping yeah yeah i might be that <laughs> I would person put good money on that. <laughs> i almost started i was just i mean it just yeah exactly well, like speaks to something very props. it's like they're the perfect example of confidence like they don't give a shit about anything that's other than just like this is fun this is great. I'm having a great time. Why aren't you just having Unless a great time? Unless you're watching them poop, in which case they know. Oh yeah. True. <laughs> Fair. They yeah. make that just like uh, that like that like side eye thing where they're like, I'm, I'm pooping okay. right now. Oh right. Okay. I, I don't know if thing happens while I'm pooping. No, I'm just oh, I'm pooping man. right now. <laughs> you guys have seen the video I posted of the dog who like to take selfies, right? Yes. Oh, so good. So that smile. This guy is just like on his bed and the dog is behind him and he slowly leans backward and then the dog like as he gets closer to the dog, the dog leans in and does that, like, almost like they're scratching their back leg, like, pulled back that, lip like, smile. That, like, stupid smile thing. And, like, and like gets and, his like, angle perfect yeah. as well. <laughs> but only when the guy comes in with his camera in hand, like, to get a selfie. That dog likes to take selfies. I like wow. it. I and like then it. I died and now I'm a ghost. It's pretty good. <laughs> there is something very special. Like, so, okay, I'm going to tell, I'm going to try and connect these two stories in a way that isn't super long or convoluted. Um, they're in my brain I mean, right now. You can just go ahead and they're take gonna come out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when I was driving to meet you guys for brunch, actually, there was a story in NPR about depression, and they were talking about how there is definitely a place uh, for medication in like the depression spectrum, mm-hmm. but how it was limited, and that's just so not the entire picture. 
Um, so I hope everybody who's listening knows that if you are on meds for depression, they're helping you fucking awesome. Great. That is great. Yeah. Do you? Uh, they're basically saying that like the, they're talking about ways that they might be able to prevent depression, which I thought was very interesting. Whoa, interesting. We rarely hear about that. Um, and ways that they are able to address the, the factors that are going into depression other than just the chemical imbalance in your brain, which is, again, what we usually hear the most about. Right. Probably also in America because we're very pharmaceutically inclined. Yes. Um, and because depression is often stigmatized and that's kind of the way that we are reminded that it is a disease by people saying it's a chemical imbalance right. and not just like a bad mood. But they were talking about the other factors that, that are involved, how usually depression doesn't just come out of absolutely nowhere. Usually there's something that happens mm -hmm. in life that is stressful and depression is kind of your body's rea reaction, kind of like an allergy where like okay. yes dust is not gonna fucking kill you but an allergy is an autoimmune reaction where your body's like ah and like freaks <laughs> out and all of a sudden you can't breathe and like i have a stuffy nose right now because mm -hmm. you know it's like that thing where like your body does a thing in reaction to an outside stimulus mm -hmm. and that thing isn't always the appropriate response right so like depression might be somewhere in that spectrum of something that like you get fired from your job or your girlfriend breaks up with you and it can sort of like trigger something where your brain doesn't handle it well and your chemicals get imbalanced and then all of a sudden you're in this like state of depression that you can't get out of and to other people they're like you just got fired people get fired every day get over it and you're like you don't understand go fuck yourself yeah etc so they were talking about different cases um and they had a couple of different people be interviewed and i didn't get the beginning of the of the story so i'm not sure who all was speaking it was at least one person who wrote a book recently i think um and they were talking about the different the different psychological needs that people have okay and it was kind of i guess a newer idea in terms of like the depression i don't know community or medical community mm -hmm. um that that people have these like kind of fundamental psychological needs he didn't go into all of them but the example that he gave was of a woman who had been struggling with depression for seven years was like unable to leave the house and wow. was like really bad and she went to the doctor and the doctor said i'm going to keep prescribing the medication i've been prescribing um, but I'm also going to prescribe you something else and I'm going to make uh, making you go to this group and they got 20 I think depressed people to come together in this group and I know this is going to resonate with you Nicole specifically okay. because they made them start a community garden <gasps> and they got together twice a week and they were all all these these 20 depressed people together started this garden. And of course, the woman is like, you know, it's sort of like what you expect to hear, like as the garden was growing and blooming, like the people were growing and blooming. And his thing was like, yeah, that's one of those fundamental psychological things, which is your connection with nature. Yeah. And that's one of those things that goes away when you're depressed. You're just like, you can't just like go take a walk in a park and be cured. It mm -hmm. ha like there's something else that you're missing in, that, in terms of like that fundamental connection with yeah. nature so the other part of this which i'm not sure if i've talked about before on the podcast so i apologize if i'm repeating myself but i worked for a summer at a ranch called whispering hope ranch does this ring a bell it rings a bell to me but i don't know if it's if we've talked about yeah. it yeah well whatever if if this is re repetitive whatever it's a good story I'll just make this noise and you can <laughs> skip ahead until it stops happening <laughs> um so i worked for a summer on a ranch in arizona called whispering hope and it was it the ranch itself housed animals that had been abused or neglected or were born with a deformity and were going to be killed, but instead this ranch took them and they lived in the ranch. Um, and then throughout the course of the summer, different groups of kids with special needs would come and visit the ranch. And my job was to introduce the kids to the animals, which is that like... That sounds like a great job. It was a great job. It's obviously like ripe for comedy. Of course it is. But yeah. it also was like incredibly emotionally moving because there is something... 
like we would introduce like there was a, a blind boy who we introduced to a blind horse and there's just like something or like kids with physical disabilities who you introduce to like a goat who only walks on its elbows. Yeah. There's something about the way an animal handles that stuff. And like kind of like we were talking about with the dogs about mm-hmm. the con- the confidence or yeah, whatever. Just like, this is me. About to be like, well, this is my life now. Like I have three legs and I'm really excited to eat this hay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that like seeing the dogs, like seeing the dogs, seeing the kids meet the animals. There was like just an unspoken understanding immediately that the kids were like, I get what this animal is because I go through this every day of my life and i understand the fact that it's that it's completely okay yeah and life is still yeah. like a beautiful thing yeah and fun can be had and friends That's can be made so and like great. it was it was pretty great it was did great, you cry you know? every day um i tried not to but there was definitely some emotional moments because and also because like the kids would be there for like a week and a half and you would like meet them all mm-hmm. and like get to know them and then they would leave and you'd be like best of luck with the rest of your entire Bye, life i'll never see you again <laughs> yeah um, but yeah, I think that there's all there's like a big mental health component with true confidence or or just even if you're not like boldly like I can do anything or mm-hmm. like I don't know, like it's not arrogance, just sort of being like comfortable enough to be like, yeah, I believe in myself or like I know that this situation might make me uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean that I have to like hide from it or right. or that doesn't mean I'm going to be bad at it. Right. Just like having kind of like a base understanding. There's definitely like a mental health thing in there in terms of like being balanced and feeling like you're worth, you know, like you fit in and yeah. you're value and all of those yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that kind of goes along with just my um, sort of theory about how our culture is really not good about allowing people to fail and like make mistakes. And so we're, we are so constantly terrified that whatever decision we're going to make is going to lead to something bad that we'll never be able to, you know, recover from. Mm -hmm. And, and if we just like let up on ourselves a little bit and said, you know what, you can, you can fuck up. It's all right. We're all here for you. Like Mm -hmm. I fuck up, you fuck up. Let's all fuck up. And then you know, we'll correct it. And we'll be better together. We just don't. There's so that stakes are so high with everything we do on a day to day basis mm-hmm. that I totally get why some people can can just get buried under that pressure and be just super depressed about like I can't ever live up. To, like I'm going to make mistakes and I I don't know how to deal with that. And so I just have to hide. Yeah. And because mistakes are so inherently ingrained in like being a human being living life. Yeah. That if you're that terrified of it, it's not going to help just to be like, oh, I'm sure you'll be fine. And then you go out and you make a mistake and you're like, I wasn't fine. I fucked up. And now it's all over. And the thing that I thought was going to happen happened. And oh, fucking it's all awful. I may as well not ever try again. And hear everybody else say, yeah, well, you fucked up. I mean, that's what you get. So tough shit. Good luck. I didn't fuck up and I'm doing great. Like that. All of that stuff just layer upon layer of like. There's not enough leeway that we give ourselves. Yeah. I mean, people have, I mean, not to talk about the restaurant too much, but I have waited on people who think that their breakfast is going to kill them. Like people like, or that I'm going to kill them or that like they're, they're so. I mean, so, to be fair, you do I try might. to murder I people. Might. You might actually kill I them. Might. Yeah. But yeah. like to the point where I tell people often there are no stakes here. This is just breakfast. If you need more time, this is not the end of the world. We're going to yeah. get through this. I say that five times every <laughs> shift. We're going to get through this. It's just breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't have to stress out about this. This is a no-stress situation. Totally. Take Especially. the time and decide if you want the kale salad or the French toast. 
there that's fine and if you order the wrong one you're still gonna be okay yep yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> next time mm-hmm. you order the right one yeah it's uh, or you didn't know which one is right until you had the wrong one and that is like yeah. the lowest no like there's there's th- right. th- but imagine if sh- she had to decide between two jobs or if he had to decide between yeah anything i think that's a symptom of the bigger systemic problem oh, yeah. which is that there are big consequences like if you get sick for too long you'll lose your job and mm-hmm. your family will have no money right like we don't like it's a we don't put enough emphasis on you know maternity leave like mm-hmm. we need more time to like exist with our lives and not like mm-hmm. be at work being productive for somebody else all the time like we right if we're not being productive for someone else in our culture that means we are failing are we people yeah, no, that's right. that's why yeah. the, you know, the conservative side of the political party has this whole fucking chip on their shoulder about people who are on welfare, people who get food right. stamps or people like, yeah. like they're like, oh, well, they're just being lazy the and they're getting handouts. They call them entitlement right. programs as joking? a slap in the face. Yeah. It's awful to be on any of those programs. I promise you getting food stamps in and of itself is so fucking hard. So difficult. It takes so long it's it's shitty. It's not great. And you yeah. don't even get that much money. You don't get that much money. And I mean, I haven't been on them since I was a child. I haven't been on them as an adult, luckily. But they police the things that you can get. They don't they don't really anymore. That's good. Which is nice. Because that um, was in, like as a child, I was mortified. Because yeah, that's shitty. And they might in some cities, they don't in Los Angeles. Uh, but you can't you can't buy like alcohol or cigarettes, which I am on board Understood. with. Understood. Um but yeah, you can buy any food stuff with it and they give you a card that looks like a credit card so you don't have to the use EBT coupons card. or whatever. Uh, so, you know, they've they've definitely like streamlined it to make it easier because it's shitty. Yeah. they The reason they've tried to make it nicer and easier is because it the whole process fucking sucks. You yeah. have to bring in all this paperwork. You have to have proof of your income and where you have proof of where you live. Every three months you have to reapply. I mean, it's like, yeah. it sucks. It's shitty. So like... Just because like... Anything could have happened to you to have mm-hmm. like like the reason anybody's lives go well is such a fragile thing Like yeah. it there are so many pieces that need to go into place for things to just go fine Yeah in your life. Yeah, and if when one I was... of those pieces disappears you everything can go crumbling down and the fact that people like the rest of everyone shames someone Because a piece fell out of place and now they need some help is disgusting and the reason that yeah. I was on food stamps is because I, w- I was trying desperately to not let everything go crumbling down and yeah. I, and nothing really like it's not like I just live in a fucking expensive city. I was working two jobs. Mm-hmm. I didn't like lose a job. I wasn't medically like going. I mean, I guess I was going through like some medical stuff, but I was still able to work like I wasn't it wasn't nearly as bad as it could be and can be and is for so many people. Yeah. And like for me, it was like, OK, if I can just get this little bit of help, that's going to help me not lose like literally have everything fall apart. And that, I think, is hugely beneficial. Why wouldn't we want to help people from having... Why do we feel like people have to wait until their lives completely fall apart to get help? Like, why can't you help someone when they're like, hey, everything is okay right now, but I can feel it being on the brink. Like, let's let's Mm -hmm. help you out. There was another example, actually, in this story about depression. They were talking about this guy who was a rice farmer... And he stepped on a landmine and got his leg blown off. Jesus. And they got him a prosthetic leg and he was able to go back to work. But he was just like all of a sudden struggling with all of this insane depression and anxiety. And instead of just being like, well, we got your prosthetic leg and like you're back at work. Like, so like what? They like went in and they sat down with him and they listened to him. And they were like, oh, wow, it's really traumatic for him to be walking these fields where his fucking leg was blown up. He's in a huge amount of physical pain every single day. He's freaking out because this is the only thing he has, the only thing he knows how to do. And he thinks he's trapped in this. So they're like, so we bought him 
him a fucking cow so he could become a dairy farmer. Now he's a dairy farmer instead, and it's way better, and he's way happier. Yeah. Holy shit. Like, it doesn't take a lot. Like, it really doesn't. Yeah. It really doesn't take a lot to be like, hey, you're like, all this stuff that seems so scary and insane, like, yeah. yet, absolutely, that is, that's completely valid that you're feeling this mm-hmm. way. Let's find a way to figure this out for you instead of yeah. just being like, well, I guess you're just feeling that way. Right. Well, <laughs> I think it's because we don't, we don't give each other the benefit of the doubt. We don't take time. I, how many times are you asked throughout the day, how are you? And you're like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Because if you were like, well, you know, I'm okay. Then the other person is like, oh, shit, oh, I was Jesus actually just saying that. Oh, we got to talk about this now. <laughs> this oh, is just no. like a colloquial thing that we do. I don't actually give a fuck about you. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, yes, super guilty of myself. Clearly that <laughs> short off the tongue is super naturally. <laughs> but like, if it's a, a real friend of yours that you actually care about and you're asking like, Tobias Fionke style, like, how how are you? Are you? <laughs> you better be ready for the fucking answer that comes to you. And I hope that you're close enough friends that they'll give you a real answer yeah. and that you take that delicious gift of vulnerability and right. help to build that person yeah. up. Yeah, like and it's not a, saying you have to like solve their problems right. either too. Right. But just, in a lot of cases that that's like giving someone a cow. Like that's just the other person knowing that there's someone who cares and they can even just talk to you is like a huge deal yeah and and that you know same if you expand that to like having community who cares if someone is having a problem or whatever like if we all you know voted to have laws to help (laughs) people who need it those people who need the help would feel so much better yeah yeah Yeah, because it's one thing to like be on a shitty government program that you wish you weren't on, that you hate, that's a pain in the ass to be on. And it's another thing for like your entire community to be like, yeah, and fuck you for for wanting that. Exactly. You're like, God, (laughs) you just can't win. Yeah, no, there there is no way to win, especially, I mean, I'm going to shit on conservatives for just a second. You mean like the entire course of this whole podcast? Yeah. Um, The biggest culprits. (laughs) But like, yeah, there's that I brought myself up by my bootstraps and I blah, blah, blah. And like, I did it myself. So uh, you should have to do it yourself and there's like the the privilege end of that spectrum and there's the money end, which is of course rolled into privilege and then there's just the like if you saw a person a child on the street starving you just gonna walk past them you should be like bootstrap yourself bitch go get you some ramen by yourself <laughs> oh so like, much ramen yeah, yeah, well, that's that's what we eat. <laughs> I mean, I silly ramen, don't yeah, get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, for sure, 100%. Gotcha. It's it delicious. Absolutely zero nutritional value. No, it's like cancer noodles. But it's that's fine, whatever. It's whatever. good. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it like, astounds me. Exactly. And and Planned Parenthood and like pro-life stuff, that's, that's all that <sighs> comes from. It's like, you got yourself into this mess. Tough shit. It's basically what it comes down to. They they sort of disguise it as like, well, you're bringing a life. We have to save this precious life, but it's really like, fuck you. Yeah. Period. That's yeah. it. <laughs> like, yeah. Tough shit. Deal yeah. with it. And I think that it is. This is one of those things that exists for everybody, but is can be worse for women. Yeah. Right. Because they're if we're talking about that sort of like the the general feeling of unease that sort of exists in life and like the chances of you sort of like being triggered into like something that you just it's overwhelming or you can't handle or you feel like you need to run from 
I feel like women from an early age are usually taught that your emotions are a weakness mm-hmm. and that being emotional is weak. Mm-hmm. And so being able to be okay with having those negative emotions is like the biggest fucking first step in and of itself. Yeah. Just to not be like, oh, well, I'm being, I'm weak. I'm like failing as a human because I'm feeling emotion, because I'm feeling yeah. fucking emotions. Yeah. And I mean, men get that too, you know, about right. needing to be strong and not being not supposed to show emotion. Yeah. But because women are also told that they're naturally emotional and that men are the strong ones, you, you, you can't win. You don't have, you can't rely on that like stoic thing. And you also are being told that, like, inherently you're just naturally weaker yeah. and you're naturally and people aren't going to take you as seriously and you better get that under control, but not too under control. Mm. Like, that is already an insane place to live mentally. Yes. Yes, it is. And I think that's why, like, you think of the stereotype of, like, a confident woman. She's not emotional. No, right? she's just a man. Yeah. <laughs> she's just a man in a dress, like a really well-fitting dress. Oh, this was the other thing. I was watching Project Runway recently and they were doing they were talking about men's wear versus women's wear and like and I mean fashion in general obviously has like a lot of gender stuff because that's kind of built into it and like and I get it. I and I kind of like it that like people are willing to play with gender and sometimes they want to look very feminine, sometimes mm-hmm. they want to look more masculine or whatever. But about about giving like a woman sort of like a power look that like all of a sudden that power look all it really is is it just has elements of menswear. Yep. It has strong shoulders and lapels and Pant you know what I mean? Suit. Exactly. Uh, so we just we just dress suit. women like like the classic man and then we're like, oh, you're you're more powerful. Give now. them pockets. You ever see a woman walking in <laughs> a dress that has pockets, how much more at ease she is versus a woman who is Give us some fucking pockets. Get, I want fucking pockets. 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 I have this <sighs> great brown dress I wore on my birthday. It has butterflies on it. It's on my Instagram. Oh, if you want to see dress. that thing has fucking pockets. And I was waffling on whether or not to buy it. And then I saw pockets. pockets and that, I was like, for me, yeah, thought. exactly. If I'm ever on the fence, and, and it always is a discovery because you're just putting yeah. it on, you're like, oh, what is this? What? Yep. yep. <sighs> and then it's it. That's it. I'll take it. It's mine. It's done. So. Home. Like, can you imagine if, if feminism was like accepted widely throughout everywhere? <laughs> like, what the world would look like, how how it would like allow would men like Finland to, so yeah, beautiful, but just like how much it would open up, like allow people, everyone to do more. Like there are so many restrictions that the patriarchy puts on everybody, including mm-hmm. men. Yeah. like men can't do all sorts of stuff because it's too because it's too feminism, feminine, and feminine things are Less negative. Bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And so men can't do those things, right. even if they would want to. Yeah. There's so many like positive aspects of femininity that men aren't allowed to participate in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And huge ones, like having emotions. You're right. Yeah, like, exactly. like it's not just like, oh, you can't wear pink. Like there it's <laughs> yeah. massive. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's like you two say all the time. It's like that feminism helps everyone. It, it does. does. And part of me, I mean, I go back and forth on this, but part of me sometimes thinks it would help men more than women. Can't we have one Dare fucking I thing? <laughs> I know, it's fine. <laughs> no, I really do I I Yeah. See your point on that. Yeah, because yeah. like, and we, you know, we talk about the patriarchy and toxic masculinity and like, this is the answer to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. That's, these are like the yin and the yang of each other. Oh man, the it would be like, it would be like that perfect temperature of porridge or that perfect, mm. the softest, porridge. but also like supportive bed. We could yeah. be Goldilocks. Our world could be Goldilocks. <laughs> Come on, you guys. Baby bears shit. <laughs> Why are you we fucking would just it all up? Femin- <laughs> feminism. Is that it? Did Goldilocks just want baby bear stuff? Yeah. I th- but I think... <laughs> <laughs> 
feel like I disagree with Goldilocks now, yeah. fundamentally. I, I, I want to be a baby. I just want to be a baby. I want to be a baby. I don't want this man thing. Baby. I don't want this lady well, also, thing. Isn't like the moral of Goldilocks that she. Well, she broke, broke into her house. house. Yeah. Our she world might shit. already be Goldilocks. Yeah. Oh my Goldilocks God. Goldilocks is the story of entitlement. And, yeah, exactly. and oh, man. It's like this little white girl who walks into the man. fucking forest. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was doing a good thing, no, but right. no, the well, analogy still works. But the analogy I, I, I works, just, but the I would story just switch Goldilocks out with Baby Bear. Our life could be Baby Bear. Like he's oh, got, he's he, got the best. Oh yeah, of all fuck Goldilocks. Yeah, 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 yeah Goldilocks Baby Bear with like better locks totally. on his house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Baby Bear nice. with an ADT security system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds great. All right, Baby Bear. Yeah, I'm just imagining Little Bear. Remember that cartoon? I, yeah, I remember the books, and then I remember that it was made into a cartoon a little bit, like, right as I was n- transitioning Right when we were too old to watch of, it. Guess yeah. who still watched it? But it was, I remember it being one of the ones that was, like, felt healthier. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah. this is good morals and, like, sweet and woodland there was, creature there characters. Were, I don't and, remember a lot of gendered stuff, like in the, oh, God, I can't say it, the Baron Berenstein? Yeah, yeah it's right. Berenstein, but everybody says Berenstein, so it's fine. I said Bernstein. Because that's how my mom always read it to me. The right. Bernstein Bears and, and I was Case like, of the Gimmies. Too much candy. The the whole joke is like it's bear, bear. They're Berenstein Bears. Yep. Well, bear fuck all of you. <laughs> it's okay. Um, it's fine. Or maybe all bears are actually just called burrs and we don't know. Oh, oh my God. They're all pronounced burrs. You just Polar bear. Grizzly bears. Y'all got grizzly bears. Burrs. <laughs> Excuse me. Bear fucker. Do you require assistance? If you know what movie that's from, email us at hackspodcast at gmail.com and I will send you a smiley face back. <laughs> Worth it. If you don't know, email us at hackspodcast at gmail.com and I'll send you a frowny face back. Hmm. All right. I'm confident that no one will do this. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fine. Um, what, so what makes you feel confident? Me? Individually, because we've talked very broadly, but I mean, my eyebrows for sure. If yeah. my eyebrows are good on a day, I'm like, uh oh, look who's in town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, but definitely when I'm working out, even if there has been no change in my weight or the way that my body looks, if I get a good sweat on, I'm like, you're getting it. Yeah, you're getting shit done. I feel more accomplished, mm-hmm. which makes me feel more confident, which makes me accomplish more things. Yeah. Um, I feel like that probably is in the realm of one of those like fundamental psychological yeah. just like being like using your physical body. Yes. In and, some way. Uh, it all goes back to like my level of c- calmness. Mm-hmm. So like as as many things I can do to keep myself calm, then I don't feel squirrely. Right. Then I feel confident in any situation. The second I feel squirrely, it's all off and I'm going to start making fart jokes. <laughs> it's this podcast. I'm also very squirrely. Clearly. <laughs> um but yeah what about you uh yeah i mean i think i think there is there's definitely like a physical component i'm i'm not one of those people who like needs to be dressed to the nines in order to feel confident right chances are if i'm dressed to the nines i'm not feeling confident because i'm like (laughs) why am i wearing heels this is terrible (laughs) my feet Uh, hurt but but i usually because i usually dress very casually and like don't do a lot with my hair and makeup or anything like that I often sort of fear being thrown into a situation where I would feel like, oh shit, I should have like put some more attention into what the fuck I look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it kind of depends on the situation. I, I yeah, I want to be being prepared. Really is a big thing. For oh me, yeah, I think is being like knowing what to expect and being able to at least have some degree of preparation for said thing. Yes, um, which is why like 
I like having a car so I can have stuff in my car in mm-hmm. case. Mm-hmm. Or like, I guess I'm not, I mean, I carry a backpack. I was going to say, if I did carry purses, my purse would probably be huge. But like, in my backpack at all times, I have like my medication and like deodorant and you know, like totally. face wipes and whatever. Just like shit that like, if I need it, I have it. I usually don't. So it's whatever. But just like having it. Gives makes, you the confidence. Right. You can handle any like, situation. Okay, if I get a last minute audition in the middle of my work day, I can like, I'm not, I'm not gonna panic right and be like, oh god I am looking I look terrible and I can't and I'm bad. you know like there's some like things in place but I mean that also took me like 10 fucking years to like get to the place where like I own a fucking stapler and a printer so if I and I have like extra headshots so if I get mm-hmm. an audition I'm not like oh god I have to get things printed and I don't own a stapler and I don't you know what I mean like that shit yeah so like having being feeling prepared is definitely paramount for me yeah I think preparation is a huge part of that, which is why I guess all of mine are like body prep, makeup prep. Yeah. Like it's it's like one last thing you have to worry about. You don't feel squirrely (laughs) when you're calm and prepared for things. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to say at this time in my life that I'm finally I can say without getting embarrassed that I am confident in my ability to get to where I want in my career, Mm -hmm. which is seems like a very simple sentence to say but it is a big huge fucking deal yeah. right and i have to remind myself that it is so i don't lose <laughs> lose that yeah um and i think that confidence comes from knowing that i could be prepped faster than ever in my life yeah be exactly and i think it's not that like being prepared isn't necessarily like oh i i know exactly what's going to happen mm-hmm. and i have every step planned out yeah it's just feeling that you have the tools at your disposal to to uh, effectively Adapt. accomplish what you yeah. need to do you can memorize things quickly yeah you can get in you can make character choices effectively yes. you can you know how to use your body and your voice yes. and things like that yeah i think that's huge and that also takes time which is why like training is really important mm-hmm. and staying you know staying involved and engaged in your community whatever that is yeah. or your industry whatever that is is important and like f- being keeping friends around you that are like supportive and encouraging of you I, like, I can't emphasize how fucking important that is. I feel like so many people I know who are like really struggling or like have that constant anxiety. I'm like, why do you hang out with these fucking fools all day long? Cut them out your life. Who, yeah. Who Cut are just, them out. Like it's not worth it. And they're going to go eventually. So yeah. just make it now. <laughs> yep, make it painless. Just say goodbye. Yeah. It's called ghosting for a reason. Because you're fucking spooky when you You know it. who are great are ghosts. I love ghosts. <laughs> but like friendly ones. Yeah. Did you? I sent you that Dear David thing, right? Yes. Yeah. We, we talked about, about it on the podcast. podcast. Oh, we did? Yeah. yeah. We had a whole thing about it. I'm still it. super yeah. bummed. Is it fake? It's fake. It's fine. I'm moving it, on. I don't know if it's fake. I just don't buy it yet. It's it could just, be like Santa Claus for you. If you just want yeah. to believe. I don't. It's I, but I also take solace in the fact that it's not because that's fucking scary shit if it is real. Santa Claus? Yes, I'm so <laughs> that too. Yeah, so I actually scary. was afraid of Santa as a young. Did you see that sketch we did? No. Daniel wrote this fucking phenomenal sketch. We'll watch it after we record. Okay. Um, but it's it's that entire idea that like Santa Claus is actually a very terrifying concept. <laughs> yes. <it's, laughs> yeah. Like, this old True. man who breaks into your house at night. I'm like, like he knows when you're sleeping. Yeah, he, he knows, knows when you, you're awake. Right. When yeah, you're yeah, bad you better and not good. cry. You better not pout. It's <laughs> scary, man. Murder He's you. Yeah. It super is. Yeah. Yeah. The idea. That David is fake brings me solace, but it also bumps me out. Yeah. There's right. a really funny line he had about the tooth fairy, too. I think he was like, she's just a dusty little witch who flies into people's homes and gives children silver in exchange for their tiny dead bones. 
<laughs> I mean, it's perfectly accurate. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> She's a dusty old witch. I feel like I want that on my epitaph. Yeah. Like, here lies... Nicole, she's a dusty old she's witch. A Dutch, she was a dusty old witch. <laughs> yeah. I'm I, comfortable with that. I support that. Thank you. Yeah, I would Thanks. feel confident. I wouldn't feel confident putting that on your headstone, yeah. but I would feel confident <laughs> asking for it to be put on on somebody's headstone. Okay. Mine, yours. Right. So yeah. is, there a, is there a negative confidence well i mean there's like we kind of talked about like the arrogance yeah the arrogance or being so confident that you don't listen to that voice in your head that's like hey watch your like check into your social oh, yeah, situation surroundings Trump. and feel like that other covers. people and yeah. yeah what makes you feel confident alex yeah i think sort of what you guys are talking about i mean experience i think that's sort of like being prepared but for me i, I have to do something enough to feel comfortable that mm-hmm. i can do it I, I have to like prove to myself that i can do something before i can feel confident in it yeah so and just that and that just applies to everything my life in general because i feel like the older i get the less confident i am because i keep thinking i should be doing more stuff so that i can be more experienced in that stuff like i keep thinking like by this point in my life i should have more experience in these things and the older i get and the less and not doing all the stuff i've wanted to have been doing all Mm -hmm. this time the less confident I am. So that's why, like I said, my New Year's resolution in the last episode was like to do more stuff. Yeah. So that I can build my confidence back up. Yeah. yeah. I think it's that, that thing I've talked about a couple of times that like when you start out at something or even when you've been doing something for a while, if you're going to be really good at it, chances are that means that you have very good taste. Right. And that also directly means that you're going to be disappointed with the stuff you do for a long time because it's not going to match your taste level. Sure. So inherent to that is the fact that you're going to feel like your shit sucks for a while. Yeah. But like if you keep doing it and I think the key with you too is that like you keep doing it. Like yeah. you need to f- have done it a long, a lot, many times to feel confident, but that means that you did it many times, not feeling confident in it. Yeah, in order to get there, yeah, exactly. which I think just is pushing huge. through that like mm-hmm. uncertainty and just because it takes a balance of you know wanting to wanting something really bad and saying I don't know if I can get it, but I'm gonna try because I want it that bad. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think it, it gets uglier when you say I want something, but I I can never get that. Yeah. Then it just gets sad. And I think that's where a lot of people's depression comes from, too. Mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, man, if only I ha- like I would love this so bad, but I'm not talented enough or I'm not, you know, strong enough or whatever it is. Yeah. And then you start looking at other people's achievements and yeah. being like, oh, well, I'm not there. Like, right. I didn't win that award or exactly. I didn't make I didn't book that big of a role in something. So mm-hmm. you start, you know, every you start looking for evidence. And of course, you're going to find it if you're yeah. looking for it. Yep. Yeah. You basically just have to let yourself. You know, you have to give yourself, and that's like I was saying before, like, you have to let yourself not be perfect for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you have to let yourself forever, fail, like, at I least think. a <laughs> bunch of times. Yeah, exactly. It's, you're just going to keep failing. I don't even yeah. know what you guys are talking about. I am perfect in every way. You've never failed. I've so. never failed. Not yeah. once. That always, I mean, there's, uh, of course, the other side of that, too. I definitely know people who are so overly confident sure. about their abilities. Mm-hmm. And even if they're extremely talented... You just get that feeling of like what like what happens when the other shoe drops? Like yeah. what else do you have? So yeah. being able to kind of have that balance and have both the confidence in your abilities, but also the ability to work when you're not confident and yeah. to work through something mm-hmm. and to believe that you will find that confidence Keep and sort of going. trust that yeah. it's all gonna yeah. be okay. It's a lot. I think you definitely need both parts. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. Amen. By the way, I'm Alex. I'm the producer of Hags. I'm the only person who didn't introduce himself God at the beginning Alex, of the show. Alex, you're supposed to say, worst. my name's Alex <laughs> my name's Alex Reeves. Yes. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. We Nailed are it. currently in Point of Blue Studios, which is another location like the Dog Cafe in Los Angeles. That if you <laughs> need something <laughs> like this, you should come here. <laughs> so if you need dogs, go to the it Dog also Cafe. Make you feel very com- comfortable and confident. That is yeah. very true. Alex, and it's got a very comfortable uh, couch, physically speaking. I'll do my best. You can sit in um, my butt spot or Riley's butt spot. We should get some plaques for our butt spots yeah. for this couch, actually. Yep. Um, Although your butt spot has also been the hallowed butt spot of all of our guests. That's true. So mm-hmm. that in of itself, I'd put your butt spot over my butt spot. It's a lot of plaques. <laughs> my butt spot's pretty boring. I like your butt spot. <laughs> this, oh, is, this has gone off the rails a little. <laughs> uh, we are so fucking thrilled to get pictures of you guys wearing your shirts. Oh my it God, makes you me so, so happy. They're, uh, we're not sure about wh- how they're shipping them out. Some people have gotten them. Some people haven't yet. We have not yet gotten ours, but we know that some people have gotten theirs. I want to wear it every day. Um, I think international orders might take a little bit longer if you're ordering internationally, but they are on their way. And because we hit our minimums, yep. For both designs, that means both designs are still available. So if you see the pictures of people wearing their shirts and you're like, I want that shirt, you can have that shirt. You can have that shirt. It's possible. You can have that shirt. So we're going to keep our merch page up for now. At some point, we'll definitely, you know, discontinue these designs and, and, you and come know, up with something come up fresh. with some new ones. But for the time being, if you missed the deadline and you're bummed about it, it's there's still time. So our merch page is still open. Open, active, and ready for your purchase. Yes. Um, thank you for your ongoing comments and support and, and engagement on our social media accounts yeah, and reviews on iTunes. We love all of that, and it helps us all super a lot. Yeah, and tell your tell your friends and uh, listen together, and then like get a group together and discuss if you agreed or disagreed, and then I email us together. Oh, that's I think fun. it's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. it's like a book yeah. club. But because all, a, a club. lot of my girlfriends club. text me, and they're like, I didn't agree with this, or yeah, that's amazing, yes. I want you guys to talk about it with each other, because I'm tired of hearing about it. <laughs> <laughs> so tell somebody else. Tell a friend. Ugh. Um, but we love you. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Here's to a solid 2018, right? Yes, I'm confident it will be excellent. Me too. Goodbye. Okay, bye. <laughs>